concern dearly beloved we are gathered here today to witness the birth of season two three things are for certain today it's a way cuter baby than season one i'm your host and this is a very small podcast you could say since the last season we've matured like a fine wine meaning since the last time you've seen us we've gotten more expensive more bitter and have jazzier branding but you'd be thrilled to hear we taste pretty much exactly the same as the cheaper version of us. Many shows hit their stride in season two, like, say, Friends or the RT61 News. And while we don't have our own Danny DeVito um, to add to our cast of sunny Philadelphians, in this last year I've gained enough weight and lost enough hair that you might not even notice the difference between us. I hear he's tied up anyway playing the Queen in season five of The Crown. I've been watching a lot of The Crown recently um, because I'm in my early 20s and thriving and I'd like to officially throw my hat into the ring for a role they might be casting down the line. Now, you might be thinking Kate Middleton, um, Prince Harry in a wig. I I could do it. I, I Look, I could have that range. But the role that I am willing, I would like to officially, officially apply for is the role of Pierce Morgan. Now, you might be thinking, Pierce Morgan, I don't think the showrunners have the strength. But let me tell you, Pierce, like any respectable journalist, has the just amazing character trait of making things all about him. <laughs> you know, journalism. <laughs> Now, I've been trying all week to perfect his voice, but it is quite tricky um, as it walks the line between um, kind of like a, a complete bell end and an absolute plonker. You know, it's quite tricky to know. So I was thinking um, perhaps one of you, an avid listener of the podcast, would be so kind as to, you know, run my lines with me. So all I need you to do is to think of a statement to say to me. Um, the only rules is it has to be logical, it has to be reasonable, and it has to make sense. And I'm going to reply in full character as Pierce Morgan how I think he would respond. Okay, so. Oh, just getting myself ready. Okay, is everyone ready? Oh yeah, action. Okay. Action. And this is where you say your line? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so. okay i quit and scene thank you thank you thank you so much for this opportunity um failing to get the pierce morgan role i am also available um for the role of uh, the royal family self-awareness although i do realize that would be a small enough role thank you very much um so now it's time um for a segment um from the uh, beatrice to my eugene and uh, mr stuart lambert thank you emily i'm here with professor robert lonsdale one of ireland's most decorated professors he's credited with building an apparatus that splits the nuclei of lithium atoms by bombarding them with a stream of protons accelerated inside a high voltage tube 
As an author, his books have been on the New York Times bestseller list for a record-breaking 67 years. He's lectured all over the world and he's here to celebrate Ireland's most Irish day, St. Patrick's Day, which was yesterday. And he's here to share one of his favourite stories from his own childhood. Mr. Robert Lonsdale, welcome to the show. Thank you. Please tell your story. Well, thank you very much for inviting me onto the show. It's been uh, quite some time since I've last been in Ireland, and uh, it's a pleasure to be part of your show and celebrating St. Patrick's Day. I understand that a lot of people are going through some very rough times at the moment, and this is just a short story about my own life living in Ireland. Now, most of you would know that I was uh, a dedicated scientist in my young years. What most of you don't know is that I was born with a great big fat hideous hump on my back. That's one of the reasons why I dedicated my life to science, for no man, woman or child would approach me. I was a hideous monster. In back of those days, I would sneak out in the middle of the night so no one would see me. One evening, I was returning from the pretty town of Cahir. In the quiet dark, I came to the old mount of Knock Grafton. So tired was I, for carrying my hump, I sat under the moat to rest myself and looked mournfully upon the moon. A wild strain of unearthly melody rose upon my ear, and I listened. I never heard such ravishing music, many voices mingling and blending as one. The words of the song were these, De Luan, De Mort, De Luan, De Mort, De Luan, De Mort, in English, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. I listened attentively, listening for every note, and though it charmed me so, I soon grew tired of hearing it, the same note over and over. After the third time of hearing it, I took the tune and I raised it with the words August Day Dardine and Wednesday. I heard the voices within the mode sing their new song, De Luan, De Mort, and finished it with August Day Dardine. That's Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. The fairies within Knock Grafton, for it was a fairy melody, when they heard this addition, they were so much delighted that with instant resolve it was determined to bring me upon them. Glorious to behold was the sight that burst upon me as I came down through the moat, twirling round and round with the lightness of straw to the sweetest music that kept in time with my motion. There I was to land in front of the fairies of Knock Grafton, holding their instruments, flutes, and fiddles, I saw great consultation going forward amongst the fairies and felt very much afraid, until one stepped out and said, Robert, O oh Robert, doubt not, nor deplore, for the hump which you bore on your back is no more. Look down at the floor and view it, Robert, and it was gone. The fairies removed my hump. We danced and we sang till my head grew dizzy and my eyesight came dim till I fell into a sound sleep. I woke the next morning at the foot of the moat of Knock Grafton, with cows and sheep grazing peacefully round me. I said my prayers, and here I am today. That is the end of my story. Right. So are you saying this actually happened to you? Yes. Right. And you're the same Robert that I introduced at the beginning? Yes. Right. Thank you very much. Are you, are you still working? Yes. As a scientist? Yes. Right. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you breaking news. According to my Fitbit, I have done 10,000 steps today. Please stop staring. I'll be taking questions after the show. 
Now let's see how the listeners around the country are getting on. Zoe from Dundalk has excelled 20,000 times today. Nothing too special there now, Zoe. I did double that on Sunday. Uh, Nee from Galway has had 1,933 beads of sweat dripping off her armpits. Now, Nee, that is an embarrassingly low number. Um, I don't even know why you would send that in, really. Uh, James from Limerick nearly got caught by his boss using his watch for sexting in the workplace, but managed to convince her he was just checking to see if the heart rate function was still working. Now that, that is impressive. Oh, look, now my heart rate's gone up. Now, dearest listener, I'm sorry to have to ask you this question, but some questions were just made to be asked. Have you ever seen something so grotesque, so embarrassing, so just hella cringe that you've wanted to pluck out your own eyeballs from your face and throw them in the nearest suitable human waste bin and forget you ever had the gift of sight at all? Well, us too. This is Things We Wish We Hadn't Seen. The following segment was recorded in Zoom and is available on YouTube. Please follow the links available. You're listening to TVSP. Welcome to Things I Wish I Hadn't Seen. Stuart, what is your thing you wish you hadn't seen? Well, uh, hi, Emily. How are you? Hi, Stuart. (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Um, Anytime. So, uh, so like since you, since we kind of talked about this segment, I've been kind of looking around for things that are interesting. But uh, mm-hmm. we live in very uninteresting times. So, if you want, like, it's my house or it's walking is is really where I see things. So, walking is the most exciting thing at the moment for me. Walking is the new Disneyland. And I'm sorry <laughs> that I couldn't come up with any kind of anything more exciting than Disneyland for you. But um, but there we are. But yeah, so I go for walks. That's that's the thing. Um, and I try to mix it up. I went for a walk last week. And I kind of, you know, go go for walks at different times just to keep things interesting. You know, my life. Fresh, keep it fresh, yeah. Keep, keep it fresh. That's, that's how I keep things fresh. By going outside at different <laughs> times, and um, I live in the city. I live in Dublin City, so uh, I go for. I, I'm spoiled for choice. Absolutely spoiled for choice. So, I've got parks. I've got the the Liffey, and uh, got parks, and I've got the Liffey, and uh, <laughs> so they've got two choices. So everybody knows. You know. Everybody knows. Uh, that the boardwalk along the Liffey is probably one of the most romantic places on the face of the earth, right? Of course, of course. You know, I can't think of anything more romantic. Romantic picnics and, you know, whimsical afternoons. It's comparable to the likes of the Eiffel Tower or the Wailing Wall or the or the Berlin Wall. As uh, <laughs> they're, they're probably comparable to the boardwalk. It's, it's you know, it's, it's the people. They're just so welcoming. You know, it's just such a welcoming place. All the characters are so warm and generous and funny. And the place is just so clean and tidy and it's a wholesome place. So like I said, I was going for a walk last week and uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning. There was like around that time, there's no one around. There's 
zero people on the street. So I was walking down the little segment that's leading up to the Hapney Bridge and nobody on it, apart from two people that were just up the road or just up the road, just up the uh, boardwalk. And uh, I wasn't paying any attention to them. And then as I was right beside them, I kind of noticed, I don't really want to kind of, how would I say it? Uh, I'll kind of do it in Disney talk, if that's okay. Um, <laughs> there, there was a, a princess uh, with her head nuzzled between the prince's crotch. And oh. I don't know, like my, my jaw must have physically dropped, like, because <laughs> I don't know, like, and maybe I stalled a little bit because I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. And he must have, like, kind of tried to get her off and, because she didn't, she didn't just look up. She kind of, she kind of went like this. And she looked oh. me dead in the eye. And uh, that was, uh, that was pretty shocking. You know, it was probably the most disturbing thing, se- disturbing sexual thing I'd seen all, all morning at that point. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was, that's Dublin. Dublin's great. Dublin is a great, it's a great place. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but that's, that's like, I mean, in a way they gave me a new experience, you know, so I kind of felt like I should almost have thanked them. But by the time I got back, they'd gone. But uh, maybe it's a a kind of an analogy of thinking that uh, maybe the drug-fueled couple were uh, kind of an analogy for what's going on at the moment. Maybe they're the Irish government trying to, Nah, it's probably not an analogy for that. Anyway, what's uh, <laughs> what's your worst thing that you saw? That I saw. It's um, it's slightly uh, less visually sickening, but I think equally as traumatic <laughs> as the as the boardwalk blowjob. But oh, that's it's a good title. It could be a musical. Be the name of your the boardwalk yeah. blowjob. <laughs> Starring some guy from Westlife. And uh, Renee Zellig. Yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, so, she's, she needs the cash. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So my encounter is, uh, is, is quite a common one, I'm afraid to say. It happens in daily life. But I was walking down the street and I glanced to my left. Um, and I saw a man who I would describe as a man who looked like he had never committed to anything in his life. He had mid-length hair. <laughs> he had mid-length hair. He had mid-rise jeans. The look on his face said he didn't exactly hate life, but he wasn't exactly loving life at the same time. Right, okay. <laughs> so I saw this man who was on my left hand side. <laughs> <laughs> like most of us. And... Um, like most of us, most of us. As I was looking at him, he kind of angled his body to the right and began to raise his hand. So, of course, I glanced to the to the right. Um, I like to be informed. I like to know what's going on in the world. I glanced to the right. And I saw a woman who was so striking, so gorgeous, so above everyone else, that um, she definitely would have bullied me in secondary school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually pretty sure she did probably mean <laughs> so she was walking along she didn't care about anyone anything she couldn't see anyone or anything mostly because she was about a foot taller than most of the population right. so I glanced back to my left and I saw the man the dull 
grey man, still lifting his little hand. And I thought, please, for the love of God, man, please, either pick your nose, slap yourself in the face, <laughs> or for God's sake, at this stage, do a Nazi salute. <laughs> but please, <laughs> please do not wave to this woman. <laughs> but he did. He did a little, a little wave. And he mouthed, half mouthed the word, yeah, like this, half mouthed the word, <laughs> half mouthed the word, hey. And of course, she was unmovable. She didn't see, she didn't care. She was like the Titanic heading for the iceberg. She was on a direct path. In this moment, <laughs> in this moment, I made a comparison in my head that this experience, the wave, the unsolicited wave is very similar to a hand job. Not physically similar, because if it was physically similar, you're definitely doing one of the two things wrong. <laughs> but just emotionally similar, similar in terms of the commitment that you have to make when yeah. doing this action. Yeah. So in both scenarios, the hand job and the wave. The level of commitment. Uh, the hand job and the directly, wave. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. Th sorry, the hand job and the wave. Yeah. Again, the, another, um, another, another, a play maybe. Maybe sorry. A play, an indie band. An indie band, Perhaps. yes, yeah. Noah yeah. and the Whale, supported by <laughs> hand job <laughs> and the wave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the level of commitment, yeah, is is equal. So if you, yeah, how much you wave is directly related to how much you like the other person, you know. So if you, you know, if you like them a bit, a little bit, um, and you're giving them a hand job or a wave, and, you know, you're not getting a lot of response, you'll just say, fuck it. You know, you'll brush yourself off, <laughs> you'll sanitize, and you'll move on, which is yeah. okay? Absolutely. But if you really like the person, you know, you'll give it a bit more oomph. You know, you, you'll really, you'll give it everything you've got. You know, you don't want to let them down. You don't want to let yourself down. Okay. Yeah. Power through. Power through. <laughs> <laughs> Knuckle down. Yeah. White knuckles. Painful. White knuckles. Let's Painful. go. Yeah. <laughs> We're all involved. What you don't want to do is what this man did, which is, and this is, this goes for either a hand job or a wave. What you don't want to do is cry, weep a little, you know, you don't want to do that no. because now everyone is uncomfortable yeah. and um, your hand is wet for all the wrong reasons. That's been this week's things I wish I hadn't seen. So that concludes season two, episode one of the Very Small Podcast. This is great. We should do it again sometime. Yeah, I would love to catch up again. Are you free next week? Okay, brilliant. See you there. See you there. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.